Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. Eee. I'm Mummy. My name is Carol, and I'm a writer, a producer, and I love you with all my heart and soul. <laughs> I'm Daddy. My name is Josh, and I'm a music publisher, a podcaster, and Jamaica Bay Blue. Without the accent. We're parents to a seven-year-old we call Woo and a five-year-old we call Boo. And we love horror movies. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Mummy X Daddy Pod. And remember to tell a friend about the show or leave us a review. Wherever you listen, we love to read reviews and they help other creeps like you find the show. Let's get ready. Hello, Hello. Mummy. Hello, hello. Spooktober of sequels continues. Oh, baby. We're on fire. We're two for two with sequels during Spooktober. Committed to the premise is what we did. We did it. Yeah. I'm very thrilled. It's been super fun. It makes me just want to watch even more. I I could. I wish we could pack more in. Always. Always wishing I could watch more movies, especially scary movies. Yeah. How are you doing? Um, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm pretty good. Yeah, feeling good. We're getting, you know, we're we're deep in Spooktober, but I'm enjoying I'm enjoying today. I'm going to keep it in the oh, present. Wow. Um so we deep. are recording on Indigenous Peoples Day. Um we have the blessing of our children for some reason being in school on this federal holiday and we both have the day off. So we have the great pleasure of recording at our leisure in the morning. And we're actually not doing a movie that involves like uh, cultural appropriation of indigenous people. So I feel like that's a win. That's a big win. This easily, easily could have. And look, maybe deeper in the lore, it is on an indigenous burial ground or some other thing like that. But right now we've got just a classic coven at the heart yes. of this picture and um yeah it's a very it's a very fortuitous <laughs> an auspicious day is that right tis. i don't know tis i don't know um let's how are you doing i'm doing so great um i'm i'm so excited for halloween we're getting our costumes ready you are going to spend a lot of today doing that um, so thank you, indigenous so people. Um, but uh, I'm I'm also really excited about our Halloween party because we host a Halloween party every year just for basically like our our family, as we call mm-hmm. it. We don't invite like school friends or you know it's not just just not just anybody here. It's basically like an Easter or a Christmas. It's a it's a high holy day. And it only involves family. And by that, I mean our friend family that we've been friends with for like 20 years. Yes. Um, And all their kids who 
I hope our kids will think of as cousins, you know, lesser cousins. No, to all, all respect to Lou, Goo, and who. Um, yes. But, you know, just like I think that they'll think of them as a different tier of friends. And it'll be nice. Yeah. Um, lesser cousins is a great way. Yeah. <laughs> Second cousins? No, no, no. no. Lesser. lesser. lesser Lower. <laughs> um, but so I'm so excited because this year... I feel like I had a pretty brilliant idea. I think so. I was going to ask you for an update if it wasn't too, I don't know, like not intimate, but just too in the weeds of our own own planning to ask you if you had an update on that idea. I do. I do have an update. And uh, I don't even know if we've talked about this, which is funny, but I found a magician to do some entertainment for the kids That's so that right. we can have a little break. But we talked about finding entertainment for the party to bring the listeners up to speed. That's what this, this reveal is. Yeah, Sorry I that I, yeah, that I didn't. Yeah. We've never done that before. Hired some outside entertainment. Yeah. Like it's a birthday party, but um, Carol had the great idea of just, of adding a little flair, you know, and a little yes, break, but most importantly, did I, did I, the thing I haven't told you no. about, this is, wasn't that we had talked about that this magician this is a magician who studies the black arts <laughs> no but his wife is a fortune teller slash palm reader slash like tarot card reader so we're gonna we're gonna have the kids do an hour of like a magic show while we the adults have like a gallery reading from his wife oh my gosh yeah so it's like obviously you know, she has her own rate, but all of our friends have agreed to do this. Wow. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> I know. So I feel wow. like it'll be a fun, spooky thing. That's of, great. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm hopefully I'm not um, shooting myself in the foot here. Uh, I hope it goes well. Someone has foretold divorce, but just to the group. <laughs> yeah. Studies show it's yeah, um, statistically <laughs> accurate that most of you <laughs> one out of no, four out of uh, ten yeah. of you um, at least at least yeah mm. yeah so that'll be fun and I'm just so excited to like you know plan the menu get the decorations going we actually don't have a ton of decorations i know last episode we talked about going and getting them but we didn't really get like i feel like it's a it's a uh collection that's built over a lifetime really and we're we're not quite there we haven't amassed enough no but we're getting there i'm and i'm i'm not sure still how much i want but it is it's always so tempting to get like a big Mm. lawn situation i think what's extra tough is right now we're still in the phase of the whole family goes trick-or-treating and i feel weird to over decorate the house if we're not even home to hand out candy feels rude it's a real bait and switch true true that's a tough one i've considered staying home to hand out candy yeah but then i'm like i don't want to miss trick-or-treating with the kids yeah it's hard. It's That's a, the thing. Yeah, guys, this is a question. Another question of the week. What do you do? What do you do? Does one parent take the kids out? Do you both go? If you live in a neighborhood where there's trick-or-treating, which I do think there is now in our in our neighborhood because there's like more and more kids all the time. Yeah. And I do kind of feel bad 
So maybe this we is should. something. I and mean, we're kind of an anchor in the neighborhood. It's a corner. You know, we live <laughs> on a corner. Kind of a big deal. It's just that like it would, it is weird <laughs> it to is have weird. a whole corner be dark. Mm, on... Yeah. But I think that, other, I, th- I don't know. It's like LA is a weird place where like you do go to other neighborhoods to trick or treat. Like that never really, it did kind of happen. We did that. We go to Franconia Circle. That's, That's where right. all the kids lived. Absolutely. You'd I, go over there. I think you've talked about that before. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's just, so we're kind of torn. Yeah, it's really hard. It, I, And I don't know, it's almost like, I, I always think it's weird. I know it's safer to bring kids out like in the daytime to go trick-or-treating, Ugh, but that's no. silly. You just can't do it's it. It's not safer. But I, that's the why. That's the why behind, yeah. you know, when like people bring littles out yeah. to trick-or-treat while it's still light out. And it's just like a dumb kind of traffic cop idea. Of like, well, it would be safer if you just didn't do this in the dark. But like, yeah, I think it's more parents just being like, well, your bedtime is 6 p.m. So we're going now. <laughs> right. We're going at four. Um, <laughs> if if that were the case, if we were doing that with the kids, that would be ideal for us to then because I would also love to stay home and hand out candy to see all the costumes. I know. I like to see all the costumes. One of my favorite parts about even just going trick or treating, walking around. I know. Um, I feel like before we had kids, but there wasn't a lot of. There weren't a lot of kids in our neighborhood at the time, but we did we did hand out candy those first couple of years. That's true, because we probably went out trick-or-treating for like 30 minutes, you know, and just in our own neighborhood. So then it's like, all right, we can walk the block right. and, um, you know, and do this quick. I, You know what? Can I tell you about something I saw decorations-wise? Mm. So I was at Home Depot getting some supplies for my Halloween build, my Halloween costume. And of course, they already have christmas stuff out it's like two-thirds of the decorations available now are christmas animatronics Absurd. okay yeah however cool addition pun intended that deserves mention on this program and we might have to get in early and get in often is an animatronic quote-unquote jack frost and it is taller than me it's certainly it's uh, let's say Ooh. it's about six feet tall Ooh. maybe taller it could be seven footer I'm over six feet tall. It seemed imposing. And it is, it is like a, um, it's like a goblin sort of creature um, or kind of looks like some combination of like the Night King from Game of Thrones ah. and Green Goblin from the Spider-Man comics. So like you can see oh. he's got hair. He's not wearing like the purple hat that the Green Goblin wore. Or a crown that the Night King wore. Uh, he's got hair. But otherwise, facial features, he's blue skin, has bright, crazy, like, deep-set yellow eyes. And they have him set up like he's creeping around this big Christmas tree. And uh, I guess I should have probably taken a photo for the podcast. But you just have to use your imaginations or go to your local Home Depot and check it out for yourself. But I also hate to tell you this, but you'll probably be back at Home Depot. You have such Probably a, today. Yeah, you have an intense build happening. And... <laughs> I'm, Don't worry, everyone. It won't look as impressive as that sounds. <laughs> yeah. um, I I really want to. I would love to get it because it's kind of a fun idea to have creepy stuff all year round. Oh, such a great idea. Yeah. Killer Easter bunny. Yeah. A Krampus. A Krampus, some sort of gory chick. Um, <laughs> a gory chicken. Yeah. Chicken with its head cut off. Spouting blood in the lawn. I was trying to say turkey. Oh, um, yeah. Gory turkey spouting with blood spouting out of its neck mm-hmm, hole. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Or like maybe it's a raw looking turkey and you just have to reach into the cavity. It's <laughs> wow. like a mailbox or something. So dark. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it when Josh's darkness comes through. Um, a bunch of turkey necks instead of candy canes. July around. 4th. July 4th is a tough holiday to make. Uh, yeah. Creepy, even though probably the most deaths of all. Yeah. It's more like. Well, Thanksgiving is pretty calm before the storm but the yeah the realism the horrors of war i don't think is really in our wheelhouse we have a line yeah i think that's it all right well it's not off the table but i feel like we could we could think on this thank you so i need to uh tell you about this movie you really do okay this movie Paranormal Activity 3. Yes. From 2011. Wow. Paranormal Activity 2 came out in 2010. Just hit Which I love. I do too, especially with the movie, a found footage movie. Exactly. Just keep rolling. Yeah, and they did. I mean, there are so many. They so really did. So many paranormal activities. Upon renting this, we had the option to purchase the eight movie collection. Wow. Which we did not do. That's <laughs> really very, um, that really says it all about our yeah. our horror fandom, you know? We're yeah. so, so snobby. And I will also add as a little bit of a disclaimer, we did click on the other purchase options oh, yeah. when we were renting this. And we hit, yes, we hit rent on Paranormal Activity 3, the director's cut. I felt like we had to. Also, I looked it up and there wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, it's this deleted scene that changes everything. It's just like longer. Right. Where you see Toby's face. Um, Yeah, there's, it's just 10 extra minutes. um, And I can get into what those scenes are either as we go along, if necessary, or at any point, if you want to, I did, I did look up a list and spoiler alert it's mostly dennis and randy content ah that's so funny okay (laughs) that makes a lot of sense so much so much because there were scenes that i did not remember and i had uh immediately forgotten that we were watching a different cut of the the film yes and you're like oh that's what like this is and this was a blu-ray exclusive that's why they felt the need to do it so they could try to sell some more blu-rays in 2012 you know yeah Okay, so let let me tell people about this movie just in case they haven't seen it. If you haven't seen any of the paranormal activities, we've already done number two on this show. I think... Yeah, we have. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think you should. I think you should check it out. They're really fun. Um, I feel like they're probably best in a theater like most horror movies, but I still had fun. But um, I think as far as like franchises go it's pretty solid like a pretty solid one to check out i mean it's it's at least very different than anything else i think yeah yeah um or or basically i think the best version besides blair witch it's like the best version of found footage i think so too i because there there are some unique bits about it i think they they do an okay job like justifying the found footage aspects of all the movies they're each a little bit different and they have they fit within a world yes and tells a story of you know a family that 
that it all really wraps up at least through one through three. I haven't seen any of the other ones. Yeah, I think there's a point at which they pivot from found footage. Mm. Um, but these three are definitely a trilogy and they're worth, I think they're worth viewing. And I mean, my favorite part, as I'm sure we'll talk about throughout this movie, even though some takes place in the 80s, is that they all take place in what I'll just call new construction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, that's, that's really like the aesthetic through line. I know we talked about it when we talked about paranormal activity too. Um, that is, I, I think is like one of the most interesting kind of pivots from so much horror that is in dilapidated, you know, places or old Victorian mansions or what have you. Well, let me tell people what this movie's about. All right. Through the words mm. of... And the voice. You're going to do the voice, right? <laughs> As though he knew he lost the game last week. Oh. Oh, no Claudio way. is here to tell us. We didn't read Claudio last week? No, we... Oh, wait. Did he win? I, I think we... he won. I thought we... I thought we did Nicrogynus. Okay. Well, either way, another chance to score here, Claudio. Yeah, I didn't write it down. No way to know. Yep. Well, it's Claudio here. And uh, here we go. All right. In 1988, in California, cinematographer Dennis. Ooh, Dennis <laughs> loves that. Put on your moves. LinkedIn, buddy. <laughs> moves to the house of his girlfriend, Julie, to raise a family with her daughters, Katie and Christy. Okay. Little Christy has an imaginary friend named Toby while weird things happen in the house. Cheer. Sure. <laughs> Dennis decides to place cameras in the house to capture images during the night. And soon he finds that there's an entity in the house. Dennis's friend, Ran Randy Rosen. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. And then there's a link to who that We have a friend is. who checks into hotels under that name. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Randy Rosen reaches, researches <laughs> the events and learns that his house might be a coven of witches and the children <laughs> may be in danger. Anybody who doesn't know why we're pronouncing it coven, you got to look that up. Yep. That's not something we can tell we you. Can't, yeah, we can't disclose that kind of thing. Um, I don't know why he like did a link to, I guess, the guy who plays Randy is more famous than anyone else i think that might be true he was the only person i kind of recognized he looked like um is it thomas middleditch yeah thomas middleditch yeah he really looked a lot like him yeah but why didn't they just say dennis's assistant he's clearly his assistant correct it, videographer wedding videographer like yes. cinematographer is so so generous um i love it he didn't also move to the house of his girlfriend to raise the children that is so creepy claudio that's not like why he moved in. i'm here to raise the children like he showed up like mary poppins <laughs> i mean he says some things in this movie that i'm like you could be a really really tricky person he says a lot of weird oh, stuff but i was never weirded out by him but i'm like dude you're that's a that's a casting miracle really. yeah, yeah yeah you never think that dennis is in any way threatening or creepy yeah. but he says really tricky person things yes 
I mean, hmm. we'll having, get into that later. We'll get into that later. Hmm. Parenting. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Is that the entirety of the. Uh, yeah, that's it. Can you remember that last sentence again? Uh, Dennis's friend, Randy Rosen, Dustin Ingram, researches the events and learns that his house might be a coven of witches and the children may be in danger. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I kind of disappointed that didn't end with the question, but. Wow. It's okay, Claudio. All right. This is funny. Okay. The reason why. I imagine Dustin Ingram is hyperlinked is because he's a regular cast member on NCIS Los Angeles or was. Huh. And was on, I don't know. <laughs> that seems to be like his most. He's in uh, a bunch of movies and stuff. But anyway. Yeah, but none of them are <clears throat> famous movies. One of the first scenes with Randy is Dennis playing a extended prank on him. Is that one of the things that's not in the original cut that is absolutely correct okay i was like why is he playing this elaborate prank on him yes maybe i thought maybe that they did that from like a storytelling perspective was like setting up the possibility that these two friends um prank each other mm-hmm. and that maybe randy could be like pranking him i don't know i'm doing a lot of work for this here but yeah, oh, that would have been a whole other movie. You know, I know, but I'm was... just like, why was that in there anyway? Because it, it would have been cool. It's like, no, that's one of your classic plank pranks, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If if that was if there was something there, oh my god, he was Agent Petey in Watchmen, the HBO series. Okay, that's cool. Oh, anyway, and he was right. in Captain. All Fever. right, Randy. Okay. okay. Um, we like you. All right. Um, so. Yeah, if that was the case, if he was, if they were just a couple of merry pranksters and that was a through line for the movie, there's no reason for us as the viewer, though, to doubt what's happening or to look at these as though these are in camera pranks. It should have just been a cut. And it wasn't like it was a spooky prank. No, it was a silly. Yeah, maybe it was just establishing his bond with the kids. And I think also the power dynamic. Back to your point and your criticism of Claudio's <laughs> recap is that he's certainly his assistant. It's because he has to hold this like light fixture up and it's full of flour or something. I don't remember. It's Milk. so elaborate. It's so elaborate. And then, yeah, and it's like the whole thing is he's just it's kind of a um I don't know. It has this weird kind of almost like fight club sort of element of we're just going to see how long you stand there holding this thing. But eventually you're either your arms going to get so tired of holding up this like broom handle that's holding this light fixture up that's full of flour. Eventually you're going to drop your arm or you're going to move. And either way, you're this is going to fall on you. But like which one we, can you actually hold out to a point where I'm just like, all right, just move out of the way. You know, like where you force the prank or or what? Um so it's a strange scene, strange in, scene, strange prank in an otherwise very like I I feel like this movie has a lot of um, a lot of references to what's actually happening without being obvious. So maybe it's just like a misdirection. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, what I do want to know is, um, well, before I ask you if it's scary, is there something else we need to say about like. Yeah, there's an entity haunting the house. These are the 
Kristen and I'm oh, sorry, Christy and Katie are the Katie is the girl from Paranormal Activity. That's her all grown up. Paranormal Activity 2 are these sisters all grown up and one of them is pregnant and has another kid, right? That's right. It's about the baby. That's it's why about we the did, baby. That's why we did Paranormal Activity 2 on the show and not one. Right. It's about the baby and that's ostensibly the Antichrist that they've been mm. they've been going right. for here. And then this movie is about Katie and Christy as little girls when uh, they first encounter the devil and um, right and the witches and everything. And it, yeah, so that's pretty much what it is and it's like a haunting but yeah. also a a classic antichrist story you know it's true i it's so funny i didn't really think of it as an antichrist thing but obviously it is well yeah because she married so they marry christy to to the devil right 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 yeah they do the little yeah little rosemary's baby thing yeah um yeah i they're just trying to get a, a male heir here yeah, you know, so. totally. Yep, always wanted a boy, <clears throat> the mom says at some point. Yeah, Antichrist always has to be a boy, you know? Why is that? Wouldn't you think if you're... Girl fl- power. If you're fl- yeah, like boss bitch energy here. Like, let's have, a, <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a female Antichrist. Like, if you're flipping everything upside down, all the That's crucifixes, right. why aren't we doing a little switcheroo here? If you're going to topple the patriarchy <laughs> along... <laughs> why would it have to be a boy? Yeah. Also, just feel like it's so. It is so funny how these stories are always the same. It's like we've we've opened the gate to the devil. We've opened up the portal, and now we have to impregnate the woman with the baby. You know? Yeah, everyone's like, really upset. This is like an old virginity trope mm-hmm. too, which is a little silly. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. This is related. So Toby, as mm-hmm. he's referred to in this, why? Do you know why it's Toby? Because isn't that also Danny's imaginary friend in The Shining is Toby, right? It's Tony. It's Tony in The Shining. Right. Tony. Tony. Of course. To Toby. I don't know if that's like a, I don't know, maybe that's some reference to something we don't know about. It's got to be. I kind of hope so, because otherwise, then it's either way. It's too a little too close for me. Obviously, it was distracting enough that I was convincing myself that it was the same name. I also feel a little silly for getting it wrong, but you know, it's a it still is a weird like, yeah. Anyway, weirdly, hmm. w- weirdly close to a classic horror sp- invisible spirit. To to yeah, all I'm finding is. Um, a Rowan Atkinson bit called Toby the Devil. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes. And um, the devil has a name and it's Toby. What is this? Yeah, I don't know. From Pretty Little Liars. I I don't think... Anyway, if anybody knows why she calls him Toby or what... Um, let's see here. Huh. Interesting. Just a, just a, I mean, it's just probably why it sounded good to them, you mm-hmm. know, because it is so classic and it does sound cute coming. I think with the E at the end of the name, it sounds cute coming out of a kid's mouth too. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. 
No. It does sound cute when a kid says it. You know, there's something about yeah, like Toby. Yeah. So it, and it makes it seem very benign. Um. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know why it was really just like hitting me hard. This <laughs> viewing, I like couldn't un uh kind of unhear it in a way. But mm. I yeah. Anyway, yeah, this was our second, at least second time seeing this. Tobias as a name means God is good. So maybe old Lucifer was just like trying once again to climb the ladder back up. Should have been backwards. Should have been like Cybot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always backwards. Yeah. Um, Did this movie scare you, Josh? What a question. Honestly, I've been thinking about this the most since we've watched it and preparing for this podcast. I... I think no, which is mm. crazy because I really, um, I, I think, hold on. Did it scare me? I mean, uh, yeah, see, I'm struggling now. I think it's a, yeah, it's a yes and no. I think it, this might just be a one-time viewer in a sense mm. there. I, I do think, um, I was thinking so much about, how it was shot and stuff on this viewing more so than like, I think something I always enjoyed about watching the, this trilogy for the first time was about how you kind of had to pay attention to the whole frame because Mm -hmm. they would do real since so much of the, you know, the shots are static are from, uh, you know, camera on a tripod mm-hmm. that it's except like, for the fan which is so except for the fan. i love the I, I did love that but yeah like then too you're watching you're and i love i think there's so much tension that gets built out of that but something about this viewing took me out of it a little bit and i just I, it, it was not scary and usually these ones stick with me too i do find mm-hmm. it's a little tough to go to go to sleep or whatever you know i have been thinking more about night noises like i heard walking around and yeah the noises i think that's where i think that's where this movie shines is like that white noise um and that like bass throughout i do love that i've been hearing thumps and bumps in the night and like even that night i like you were being so normal like standing at the doorway on your phone for no reason but it was very creepy yes afterwards yes i was about to go brush my teeth and so i was standing there looking at my phone in the doorway but the bedroom light was off so carol was basically yelling from bed this is (laughs) why are you being so creepy and that was it just that's what happened yeah that's the whole story guys no offense ma'am but what the hell does that mean is what i said (laughs) We only speak in sound clips mm-hmm. from movies we've watched. Yeah, I just open my mouth and a sound clip comes out. <laughs> you know, um, it did this movie scare you? It did creep me out a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. I I kind of wasn't. It's the same thing with all the all the other movies where I'm watching it, having a great time, and then once I'm in the house alone or going to bed i'm like you know of of, uh yeah just the just the noises that a house makes um 
which is yeah i really i really love that about these movies i really hate white noise you know this i don't like a sound machine you're right i don't like it when um like anything that makes that kind of noise is left on the noise of a fan like the fan in the bathroom the um the air conditioner noise and i think it is because why people like it is that it drowns out other noises right but i don't like that Mm -hmm. i don't like i just would like to hear the noises if they happen if i really need to sleep i would put earplugs in i don't need this other layer of noise Hmm. have you ever slept with earplugs in um like on a plane okay um but i almost i almost have recently where because like i just need to sleep and like if you're uh bopping around you know yeah um as i do I like to <clears> dance <throat> around <laughs> yeah you like to do your jazzercise at night that's in right <laughs> <laughs> you prance your size um Aww. but yeah i don't i i would I would 100% wear earplugs over white noise. I just don't like it. It it just bothers me. It's not like it doesn't, it's not like it just doesn't work. Right. It's that I don't, I actively don't like it. So I think that's another reason why I do like that effect in the movie because it like sets me on edge. Right. Yeah. 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 I think so. I, and it's because it is noticeable. I think that's the weirdest thing about white noise to me is that it is very present when it's happening you know like you can't i can hear some now i think it's our aquarium something in the background of Mm. uh of the house that i'm just sort of hearing some motor going somewhere and yeah i I think it works so well in these movies you were talking about already that like specific you know tone that they get into is really great yeah Um, great sound design yep yep especially for a low budget movie it's really smart i always say indie movies really fail on sound it's where they seem to skimp the most it's like usually dialogue's really quiet and everything else Mm. is that's where i think it's smart even though this is obviously like a studio movie but they're still trying to make it on the cheap but they did not skimp where it came to it sounding good yeah what about the parenting josh (laughs) Where are the parents? Where are the grandparents? Where are the grandparents? Oh, That's a grandmas great... be crazy. Oh my gosh, do we? I don't think we have nah, a drop for that. Nah, it's don't. too early. Those are early days of. But we do have. Where are your parents? Yeah. I, something we got to talk about. We got to talk about this house because it does kind of answered this question it was really bothering me at the end of this towards the end of this movie where the kids are when like toby is uh manifesting more physically and is like pulling katie up no the older sister sorry yeah katie katie up by her hair and stuff like that and she's screaming you know the kids are screaming and the parents are sound asleep now granted it's a supernatural movie And it's full of white noise, as we know. But I also think this house is flipping huge. Yeah, it's really a giant house. And I think the parents are not... We know they're not only on another floor, because the kids are in a lofted bedroom. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, the loft is also open to the rest of the house. It seems a little crazy to me that they didn't respond or react, but it's a little nerve-wracking. When Katie's being pulled up by her hair, it's when the mom and Dennis are in the garage where he works, and she's arguing with him 
about like there's not a ghost and you need to stop. Oh, right. So okay. that's not when they're asleep. Well, some other time when they're making noise and bumping around, mm-hmm. I still find that it's a little, I kept thinking about how big the house was mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I th- that was, I, I think that that was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about where the parents are because uh, did you have a best parenting moment in this movie? Just one. Uh-huh. Just one. Um, yeah, I feel like it really tracks with uh, the time period that it's set in, which was a classic time of, um, you know, of parenting as little as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Set in 1988. And I just thought that it was right on track of like exactly how much parenting everybody was doing. But the best thing... One small detail yes, um, <laughs> is when they're at, they've fled the house. Um, the Toby has basically revealed himself to the, um, not like that, um, yeah. to, to the mom. He probably did. To right? The Don't mom, you think? Julie. Um, maybe. I mean, she was kind of into it. Yeah. She's like, there's not a ghost. Shut up, Dennis. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, she goes to the giant hug. She is, uh, she is firmly like, there is no ghost. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see the footage. Obviously, Christy knows there's a ghost. Katie knows there's a ghost. Dennis knows there's a ghost. Randy even knows there's a ghost. Um, but Julie's like, no, no, thank you. And then, um, she goes downstairs and like, one of the best scenes in the movie where she goes down back downstairs. She had just been in the, in the kitchen and the whole, all the countertops are clear. Everything is gone from the kitchen. Yeah. Every, every item, every dish, every tchotchke. The table and chairs I think are gone too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she is very scared and yes. then everything falls from the ceiling. Love it. Brilliant. Um, and so then she, that's when they flee to the grand, the grandmother's house. Of course, this is all part of the plan. You know, you think yep. you're running to safety. You're running right into the. Right into Toby's arms. <laughs> the coven. Right to the coven. Um, and uh, what were we saying? Oh, yeah. So they they go to the, the grandmother's house and. Christy's really freaked out and she's by this painting of like a unicorn. Yeah, it's like a unicorn and something else. Yeah, and some mm-hmm. other weird thing. It's a very strange painting to have in your dining room, Grandma Lois. Um, but she seems to be like touching it and Dennis comes in and he's like, oh, hey, oh, don't touch that. Like, I'm not mad. Just don't, don't, you can't touch that. Yeah. He's like, I'm not mad at you. And it was just such a, such a great thing because we say that a lot in Mm -hmm. our house of like hey i just want to tell you this information i'm not mad like even because even if you don't sound mad at all your kid especially our kids can go to shame like immediately so it sounds to them like you're very upset yelling even like we we get accused of yelling all the time even though we don't raise our voices it's because they are hearing something else so just to say very plainly like you're not in trouble i'm not mad Mm -hmm. 
And it works. It works so well. So good for you, Dennis. That's true. Way ahead of its time. Yep. Early on that ride. Dennis, in general, he just didn't look to me like he was in 1988. And Uh, I was happy about most of the design and hair, makeup, wardrobe, everything. It was really. Countertop. The countertop, the the shades in the kitchen, the valances, the weird, you know, there's so much weird 80s stuff mm-hmm. happening. You know, they go out for a date night. She has fully pantyhose on and like those yes. chunky heels that every mom wore, you know, like wow. those, you know, so much of it was spot on. Dennis didn't look like he fit at all, which I thought um, I just waved at the UPS guy and he sees me recording a podcast and now. Now we are now he those. Now wants to be on it. Who's giving a sticker? <laughs> oh God! Um, so this is for you, pal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's on us. Yeah. you don't have to win the contest. You've already won. But you must answer me these questions three. <laughs> um, so I was happy with most of those things, and I didn't want it to be like overly eighties. It was just like perfectly normal eighties, mm-hmm. except there's one character who was so. Over the top. Debbie Gibson, their babysitter? Yes. <laughs> Fully like off the shoulder shirt, big white belt, ruffled skirt. Yes. It felt like over so... leggings and like a side ponytail. Yes. Possibly was like blowing bubbles with bubble gum. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was just really over the top. And I thought it was kind of a shame. Although, you know, people did dress like that. That's not. That's not crazy. I think but... it more just showed how you're exactly what your feelings were about Dennis. I think he looked so he looked not so modern. Okay. He, he did. And I think Randy's haircut was also a mistake. Yeah. They both had like fashion haircuts of 2011 or even earlier. But I think but not quite so far back. I think what you really just want is kind of the. um. You want the people from Poltergeist, the, the camera crew. You want some big glasses. That's all. Totally. I could even see like, uh, is it Ted McGinley? That's the, uh, he's like the neighbor on um, Married with Children. He's just (laughs) like a, you know, he's just like a sort of like hunky neighbor dad, but Mm -hmm. has just sort of that like, or like Don Johnson kind of the sort of mullety hair, but it's just more like instead of a fade, you just Mm -hmm. like let the back grow. And then just kind of a blow-dried moose top situation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be super over the top. or like, yeah. what, And it's what Craig T. Nelson would have had if he had the hair, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, yeah, him having like, they both kind of look like they could be in the strokes. And I think that was a mistake. Yeah. You know? um, and yeah, like Zach Morris, you know, like why not? And if so like if you have right. curly hair, you got to do A.C. Slater. Right. Yeah. Because that's their time period. 88, you know, I think. And he's a young guy. He's not like, you know, he would try to be looking cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. But so I think it did make the the babysitter sort of pop in that way. Um, I say good for her. Make a meal out of it. You know, you get you get like two scenes. Yeah. Um, That her scenes are so good. Yeah. So she's great. It also brought up for me babysitters in general just how oh god the whole concept like i remember when we were when the kids were younger and we didn't know any babysitters and we would go through a really great service in la to find a babysitter where it was just 
you know, kid like not kids, um, like college kids who were, you know, at the local colleges studying, you know, early childhood stuff. So they wanted to have the experience of yes. working with children. It was all set up great. We there were definitely some duds in there, but nothing that was ever bad, nothing offensive. No, just more so there were some shining stars. Mm-hmm. And so they're mm-hmm. the ones who weren't, you're like, well, eh. yeah. you know, but there were everybody was good. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And now we, we have like a couple babysitters that we really like that were like former teachers of either our kids or kids we know. Yeah. And um, and that's been working out well. And I completely trust them. But I also remember the fear of when we didn't know the people and granted, like the kids were younger, so they were probably already in bed. It wasn't like they had a lot of interaction with our kids. Yeah. But I almost feel like now is the time where... I don't know. I could get really creeped out by the whole idea of babysitters. Like I get, I get how it's so hard to leave your kids. Yes. Um, but it's also so necessary and you need to do it. And so I really hope that out there, creepy parents, I hope that you have babysitters that you, you use and you like. And We wish that for you. Yeah. Cause it is really <laughs> tough. It's tough to, to leave your kids, but you got to do it. Um, and I was a babysitter. So, like, I think about. I was a babysitter. Yeah. Like, I just think about in the 80s and 90s, like, mm-hmm. parents just, like, leaving their kids with whoever. Yeah. It's uh definitely gotten better. Like, now I can at least, I don't know, there's just more, um, there's more feedback of, like, who you're hiring. And I'm not going to hire a high school student. I wasn't even in high school. It was like in middle school when I started babysitting. So like that's not happening. Um, Anyway, it just brought up a lot of feelings about babysitting. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I, um, you know, this was my runner up for worst parenting. I know we haven't talked about my best, but my my run up for worst parenting moment um, was they were also five minutes late coming back for the babysitter. This sort of the, this is the issue you run into with a you, if you're going to have a running clock in the corner of the screen. This whole movie, you know, we're going to get into minutia. She's sitting there waiting to leave. Also wisely, obviously, she wanted to get the hell out of the house. But I thought it was it was you know she's like yeah my mom's waiting for me. It wasn't like I need to get the fuck out of here. She was like. Yeah, my mom's waiting for me, which means like you were supposed to be here earlier yeah. and you weren't. And they don't say anything. They're just like, that was weird, you know, which yeah. I think is also funny. It's like, no, it's totally reasonable. You said you're going to be back, I assume, at 11. And now it's like right. you're a little bit, even though whatever, it's five minutes. I don't think that's that big of a deal. But it is just, it It was uh, It was funny that they were like, that was strange. Not <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she probably wants to leave. Right, right. Because her mom's waiting to pick her up right, outside. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, now you could just text. We always text when we're on the way home mm-hmm. if it's early or late. But you're right. I mean, it is a weird. Th- I wonder if it was just a little bit more loose back then of like, I'll be home around 11. That's true. You know, because yeah. like, how can you really you didn't have ways? And also, you're not going to get into paying fractions of hours because <laughs> it's probably like $5 an hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's true. What was your best parenting uh, move that you noticed? Anything? Um, yeah, I gave it to, um, again, my runner up here was even and runner up because it did ultimately lead to their demise. But I thought leaving the house, always a good decision mm. in these movies when, when that does happen. But um, the I, I think, again, it was a dentist moment. 
which I found strange. The mom is quite an absentee, but I think you're right. It's just sort of like she's of the time. working. I mean, she has like a real job. She has a real job. Dennis is around the most. Um, Dennis, you do have a real job, and honestly, you're ahead of your time. You're gonna probably do well. You're you're dead now, but if you had true. continued your career, you would have done just fine. Yeah, I told you to put this on your LinkedIn, but you were long dead before LinkedIn was even a thing. So <laughs> you'll be remembered. We'll put it on your tombstone posthumously, <laughs> a cinematographer. Um, but my best parenting moment, I thought, was w- there was a point where he like digs in on like a question of safety. Christy, when you say that if if you tell one of your secrets that you'll be in trouble with Toby, what does that mean? Well, I want to be safe. He's going to, did he say he's going to hurt you? No. But I won't be safe. That means I'll be like, be in very, very big trouble. Big trouble. I just thought that was like, that he clocked that enough to stop and go like, well, what do you mean you're not going to be safe? And presumably they talk more. The scene cuts there. It's not like then they change topics or something. I think, you know, and I think because his tone changes enough where we can hear it's like, well, wait a second. Like you said, you know, I heard something there that doesn't sound good to me, which is you said you'd be unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, again, I think that's something that, that also feels like a little ahead of its time where I think the reaction from most parents of the day would have been much more of like the mom's side of things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, and something she would have just like shut it down and been like, yeah. Yeah. Well, she she wouldn't have been curious about it. She did shut it down. She, but like her, her, um, yeah, I mean her, her basically her basic reaction, which I fully intend to keep as a clip long after this episode is over, which is, you haven't been around kids for that long. They do weird things. Um, <laughs> true. It is true. But I mean, the longer, uh, you know, monologue there is about how, uh, you know, imagine this is a phase. Imaginary friends are a phase. It'll be over and done with and whatever. And while that's true, the fact that there was like no, uh, no interest whatsoever in like, well, wait a second, you know, like. I think just something we should flag for later is that she did say that he, this guy's going to hurt her if yeah. she tells a secret and she's talking about secrets all the time. Mm-hmm. That was my best parenting moment. Yeah. I mean, Dennis isn't a terrible stepdad. He's not a bad, bad stepdad. You think so? No. Think no. Uh, well, I think about- he has the best interest of the kids in mm-hmm. mind he's never mean to them that's right what's your worst parenting moment i have i have several well from each from a lot of different people okay let me let me talk about mine because i think it speaks to my dennis opinion which is okay. like he is not he's not a bad stepdad but something you said earlier mm-hmm. that like, like he could be a tricky person he could be a tricky person yeah yeah maybe it's the same thing and what the, is it what i you- mean the a number one thing is he set cameras up all around the house like he there's cameras in their yes. bedroom there's cam- you know like that is weird and <laughs> the, like under the guise of i'm going to get footage of this ghost like is that like figure out what's happening it's like and even though the cameras aren't hidden i think that's about the only positive thing but he is nobody in this movie has privacy everybody yeah. is and he's watching there he's an eye in the sky right he's he's watching what 
they're all doing, tracking through 12 hours a day. If you saw, again, if this was a tricky person, presumably these girls are still getting dressed somewhere. They're bathing. So you know, like, granted, there's no, uh, you know, cameras in the bathrooms or whatever, but still, it's just like, this is their private space. And I think it is pretty wild. And also in hearing Claudio's uh, recap, I didn't realize that it was also a boyfriend. They're also not married. I yeah. do think it is a little like it does. That gives me pause too. Where it's like, how much do you even know about Dennis, the cinematographer? You know, like right, it, right. It, it does feel like this is a lot of like latitude. He works from your home. He has cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm. Cameras on the babysitter. Cameras on the, you know, kids. Yeah. Cameras in your room. You know, he wanted to film you having sex. So what else is, you right. know, like. But she was very into it. So. Oh, no. And that, I mean, I don't think there's any correlation between adults filming themselves having sex and filming Yeah. Children. But I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not. At, it is creepy and weird. Yeah. But it's not funny for how... Dennis where it is like, but he's like the, you know, it's like, uh. You know, well, I guess this is also the serial killer thing, right? It's just like, well, if he's like handsome enough and charming enough, then like, do you let it, you know, is that sort of like how it happens? You know, maybe. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I feel like it's so genuine that, yeah, you you know, that's just not the point of the movie. Absolutely. So, not. I just mean, like, what is the worst parenting moment? In oh, the movie? Totally. no, is, I agree. I agree. It it's, is that. And that's I think that like, but it's a. Um, but I totally agree is that Dennis seems like a not tricky person. Mm -hmm. And because, in fact, he's the only one who yeah, cared the, about the girls at all. Right. Right. He really. Or, and his wife. He wanted every, you like he was the most like loving and caring person in the movie. Right. And really wanted the best for everybody. So, yeah. Also, no, sh no shot at step parents. I do. It is just more like that, you know, this idea of like tricky people that we talk about, because also you don't have to be a step parent to be a tricky mm -hmm. person. And there's plenty of married couples where this has happened to or right. you know and horrible things have but he happened. is but. being questioned in the movie like the grandmother one of my mm. one of my worst parenting moments was grandma lois starts to criticize him and just like doesn't give him a chance and she's like he doesn't have any money like he mm. like he's mooching off you like can't you see this but like you know if it was just her husband Right. Then there wouldn't be this question, you know, but he's he's set up in the movie as like, well, he is this outside figure coming into your family. Right. Right. Um, so convenient for Grandma Lois to put it all on Dennis. Um, but it is true. Like he does have this like kind of deadbeat work from home job in the 80s that was not a thing yeah that's right now that's most people <laughs> yeah you know it is it is funny how but like yeah then it would be like great you have a bunch of video like expensive video equipment mm -hmm. and you're using it to watch the inside of our house oh you i even thought it could have been played harder like oh you took apart my fan you know like there could have you could mm -hmm. start sowing the seeds of like dennis isn't you know or of them sort of like breaking apart a little mm -hmm. bit a little mm -hmm. deterioration of their marriage it's like what the fuck are you doing all day shouldn't you be out like getting more customers lined up or whatever mm -hmm. for the weekend or you know like instead you're here uh taking apart my fan mm -hmm. you know in my house so that you can like further anyway i mm -hmm. yeah there there wasn't too much of that but um and that leads me to the mom's 
I think her worst parenting thing, which is just how and it, it might be it might be part of this overarching story of like the witches and everything and like her her past but she's like as soon as um as soon as as dennis is ready to show her the footage she's like nope nope there's no ghost i don't want to hear yes. it and that's when like the whole kitchen thing happens but she just isn't yeah she's not listening to anybody she's not being that like so even if you said that there was a ghost in our house and you wanted me to see the proof i would at least like have the respect of like yeah, i'm to gonna watch just it? i'm yeah. just gonna watch it and see what you're talking about and we can get to the bottom of this together we can figure it out but she's right. just we'll like get you the help you need yeah and, you know yeah um especially because at that point it was about like mm. this thing is attacking our kids you know yeah. he's and again he's the only one looking out for the kids safety yeah yeah um mm. I really love the scene with Randy and Katie in the bathroom, the Bloody Mary scene yes. where he's like, they take Christy to the hospital because she has a fever. Um, Julie and Dennis take Katie. I'm Christy. And then they leave Randy to babysit. Another really weird choice, but I'm sure just. He's the only person who is available. Style, I'm sure yeah. the other babysitter's not coming back. Right. right? Style the times. Mm-hmm. And um they do bloody mary in the bathroom and it's such a great scene he's so freaked out i can see why he is a massive star yeah um <laughs> he's been working yeah he, he did a lot in that scene but then okay so those were two i guess you might say runner-up worst parenting the top one which i feel like we can all relate to um is a two-parter of when the girls camp in the front yard the Den- front yard or I'm sorry, the backyard. <laughs> I say the front yard because we have a front yard. That's as right. As we said, on the corner, we do not have a backyard, just a front yard. So even if we didn't live in a metropolitan area where there's a lot of unhoused people using tents, even so, we couldn't, even if we wanted to like camp in the backyard like families do, Yes. we do not have that option because it is a front yard. But uh, as much as I love camping, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would even do the camping in the backyard thing. But I've never really lived. I haven't lived in the suburbs since I was 18. So, yeah, this is very foreign to me. But like anytime I see this in popular culture or even like friends Mm -hmm. who live in more suburban areas, I'm like, what is the draw? Like for me, yeah, <laughs> I have yeah. all the gear, but like to me, camping is so different. It's not about sleeping in a tent. Like that's not the fun part. That's exactly <laughs> why you would not do it. But the kids would. The kids would love it. And they would love it. Yeah. And it's it's actually very fun. And here's something, here's a reason why I would allow it if we lived in a place that made sense for that is anytime I did it as a kid, I would say I probably tried it, let's say like five times and probably four four out of the five times we ended up going back inside Mm -hmm. you know like at some point in the night where you're just like this is less comfortable than my bed that's in there but it's fun the kids want to 
they want to try it out. You want to set up the tent yourself. You want to mm-hmm. show your friends that you have a tent that mm-hmm. you're, you're probably started out because you were playing some game outside and you're like, oh, we could just, what if we slept out here? And it's so attractive mm-hmm. as a kid to be like that independence. It's like you're, yeah, all those things that kind of go along with, um, and then I mean, think of the other things that make camping appealing where it is like, oh, yeah, we'll kind of be self-sufficient. We'll bring snacks. We'll bring a light. We'll bring, you know, like all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, and then, well, my my dad did it. Um, my my dad and stepmom and brother did it. I think all three of them during the pandemic, mm-hmm. they did it as like just a, a thing to do during lockdown, right. like fully set up a tent. And I think cooked outside was the whole thing. Like they basically did like fake camping. Well, like campgrounds were still closed and Mm -hmm. stuff too. And like, again, I kind of, I see that appeal as just like, no, we're going to commit to doing this and let's just like, but just to like make it a thing. But it also requires again, the the space Mm -hmm. to do all and gear to kind of do all that and have fun with it. Yeah. Well, when this family lets Katie and Christy camp, Mm -hmm. In their backyard, Dennis brings out a bag of candy, (laughs) gives the girls candy, and says, don't tell mom. Yes. It's very, very creepy. Not only... Classic tricky person. Yeah, classic. Don't don't tell mom is not okay. Um, The only... I've told the kids... Unless your babysitter's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Unless um, it's about a present, mm-hmm. we don't have any secrets, you know, like there's right. no surprises are different because that's also there's an impermanence to that. It's right. Like, eventually, you know, yeah, dad's um, going to know that we picked out this present. Right. But you're right. not going to say anything until then. Right. It's much different yeah. than like and it will hopefully make them the happy. Yeah. yeah. It'll make them happy instead of sad. Yes. You know, like don't <laughs> when you're saying like, don't tell the other parent. Because it will make them upset. Bad. is bad choice. Bad news. So that was my worst parenting, also from Dennis. So you win some, you lose some, Dennis. And in the end, He's learning, unfortunately, though. you lost. But yeah, he could have he could have been a, a good dad. You and also, I cannot imagine you are you're coming into this as you're a your boyfriend. You're the boyfriend. You've moved into the house. You're trying to be a dad the girls have clearly attached to you they say you both say i love you to each other at bedtime um you're you're in a very close relationship but there's probably some aspects that you're still just like i'm still just trying to make sure i'm winning here mm-hmm. i got to like i have to have some yeah. you know some cool uncle advantages of mm-hmm. that make being a stepdad cool because mm-hmm. that's got to be at that with that age group and everything else extra tough um yeah but still not ideal to make them choose sides especially when clearly the mom kind of stinks right right because normally you would try to come up with those things together of like let's make let you know like let's Mm -hmm. have you do something really special with the kids yeah girls you're gonna do you're gonna do like camping with Dennis, you guys are going to make, he's, he has a surprise for you for camping. We're going to make s'mores, whatever, you know, like and yeah. then Dennis comes in with the like, yeah. Um, yeah. With that. Or maybe it's a, it's a fake. Don't tell mom. But again, then you don't have to say that. You can just be like, yeah, I brought, I brought candy. Yeah. And you can leave it at that. They'll be so excited. Yeah. 
there was a moment in this movie that made me think of um, the second most radical piece of advice that I have been learning from this uh, new parenting research uh, <laughs> chapter. Um, yes. That I Which mentioned. Which we teased last episode. Yeah. Yes. The first one being um, not punishing kids. I feel like that's really hard to accept for some parents. I mean, some parents are still, you know, hitting their children. And that is unequivocally not okay. Not punishing is still hard. We don't do it, but it is still hard. There are times when you're just like, shouldn't you just be punished for this behavior that I disagree with? You know, like it does feel it still is hard. So, yeah. So it's hard. It's very hard. That's why it's radical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe for some parents, it's like completely not radical. And you're like, that just makes total sense. And I've never punished my kids. And I'm like, well, good for you. But um, (laughs) the other thing, and it's subtle, but it's important. And it's come up in like every single resource. And that is about praise. There's a point in this movie where Dennis is filming. And Katie is on roller skates. And she's inching towards the camera, holding her mom's hand on her roller skates she's like what 10 probably i don't even think no I think nine she's even younger seven eight i think katie this older one yeah 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 i still think she's like seven, maybe eight nine five eight okay um but she's very unstable on them and he's like good job katie you're doing great and she kind of just looks at him like what and um mm. this is kind of the crux of it is like authenticity and also like kind of centering your child's um effort instead of the product so the the new the new thinking around praise is that most of it is garbage (laughs) um most of the time you don't need to praise your kid and it's hard i think for parents of our age group because we are like the self-esteem generation who yes. were always told we were special and important and um, number one and always getting yeah every bit of praise. And um, like the kind of, I always feel like the kind of um, right, I'll call it the right wing like take on it is like, oh, you're so soft. It's the uh, participation mm-hmm. trophy generation right. kind of thing. We're like every right. everybody had to win at everything. Right. Yes. And so we didn't really understand competition. What? No. Yeah. Still not still, uh, inaccurate. Yeah. But still. Yeah. But that's yeah, yeah. the, yeah, that's the, there's the other something side to of it, it there. Yeah. Um, but like in that moment, instead of just being like, you're doing an excellent job when clearly like she just started and, um, you know, it wasn't quite there yet. Right. Um, you know, other things you could say would be, you're really trying or like if she was, you know, doing uh, better and better, you could say you're, you're doing it. You right. did it. Um, I noticed some improvement. Yeah. I love how hard you were working on mm-hmm. that. Oh, it must feel so great to be able to roller skate now, etc. Or like another one that I think is such a great example of the subtlety of it. Um, instead of saying like, I'm so proud of you, which mm-hmm. inserts yourself into this whole equation for some reason. Um, saying like, you must be so proud of yourself. And then it's like, gives the child that like internal right. validation and that internal like, um, you know, uh, I'm missing the word, but 
Yeah, where it can come from inside of them and it's not just about your reaction or your judgment. Right. And um and I see and I do see that it helps even those little those small tweaks. I think that it I think it does help a kid if you're just curious of like yep. Oh, how does you know how does that feel on the roller skates? Or if you ask a question instead of just saying like "great painting," right. it's just like some paint. I, and I do think there's if your child spends a lot of time and effort making you something, you can say this is so beautiful. You can say an honest reaction. You can mm-hmm. say an authentic reaction. But like praising each and everything your kid does all the time and inserting your judgment is like yeah. A, a radical i think a radical thing to tell parents to stop doing because most parents just want to tell their kids they're amazing and they think that as if they do that their child will think that they're amazing but it actually has the opposite effect right if everything's special nothing is Mm -hmm. and so then you also have to look at like if all you're doing is praising then the only thing that the kid is going to notice right would probably be the valleys when you don't mm-hmm. right and you miss it and you're like oh I wasn't, you know like mm-hmm. i didn't think it was amazing or i forgot to say my line which mm-hmm. is i'm so proud of you and then it's like oh i guess you're not like you must not love this because you didn't mm-hmm. you weren't effusive about right, it right or like you always say you're proud of my painting so this one must really suck mm-hmm. you know and then you're looking for that forever and that's yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like giving the kid the chance just to tell you about what they just did or tell what they really like about it. Mm-hmm. It all sounds very, That's very, a cool one. yeah, it, I, I think that it's, I think it's an important thing to kind of remember as we, you know, try to optimize as like a, a, and it's hard to stop doing is the thing like because you you realize once you're aware of it you're like oh wow i do this a lot even though i didn't even know i was doing it mm-hmm. you know because you just yeah you of course you want to tell your kids how awesome they are but like yeah. you can do and it do in a different encourage, way yeah exactly because you want to encourage them to do the things <clears throat> that you want to encourage them to do whatever mm-hmm. those might be you're learning to ride a bike mm-hmm. great work today you know those kinds of things that are not wow amazing job you're really like I know that sounds like the same thing, but I even hear those as different things because sometimes like a thing that I'll try to do with like Wu is doing more of these things right now where he's like, he's doing piano and he's doing, you know, like he's just doing certain things that it's just like, okay, you're trying to build a skill Mm -hmm. or like learning this where they're both in swim class. You can do this like with both of them where you talk about like what you're working towards and not like wow what an amazing practice you just had where it's like mm-hmm. that's you know, like that's cool that you figured out those like it was like that you were like floating on your back today like that's going to be mm-hmm. really helpful to keep practicing when you start learning more strokes and swimming or something like where you mm-hmm. talk about like this is going to be this is just part of it and even though yeah you like reached a milestone noted mm-hmm. but like there's gonna there's gonna be more and like the the work of getting you know of like getting to the thing is like has value and it's what you're kind of you know you're you're sort of pressing towards and you right. don't want to be like wow what a swim practice mm-hmm. incredible like incredible day for the family you know yeah. this is it is because i do think it is 
um, it's so easy. It's so easy to do because you want to be like, great job. That is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. like you were really doing it out there and you want to like support it because you're excited too, you right. know? And it, and it doesn't mean you can't show excitement or be effusive, but it is like, yeah, it's a strange little like line there of, like you said, inserting yourself is such a good way to think about it. It's just like, if you're like, I'm so proud of you as opposed to you're so proud, you must be so proud of yourself. Right. Is a really cool way to think of like, yeah, you, like did, you did the work. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So I have a question for you, Josh. For me? Interview with a vampirant. <laughs> All right. In yeah. this situation, spooky things have been happening around the house. I noticed. Earthquakes and stuff. <laughs> there was a real earthquake though, right? <laughs> that was a real earthquake. Okay. I guess cuz Randy felt it. Randy right, Rosen. Right, Randy Rosen at home. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but like other weird things are happening in this house and it's all reaching kind of a boiling point. And uh, I tell you that I have some like hard evidence of uh-huh. what is happening. Okay. And you say, I don't want to hear it, Carol. You're crazy. Okay. And then you go out into the kitchen and everything's gone. Yeah. And then like a minute later, everything falls from the ceiling. Uh-huh. So what would you do? I'm, I'm, I've witnessed everything fall from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I think I would run away. <laughs> what would I do? Yeah. What would you do? Would you like, I mean, Leaving the house is, I feel like anybody's knee jerk reaction. But like, you want an apology? (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, let's say we didn't have Grandma Lois to go to. Yeah, thankfully. Um, and let's say we were, let's say we had just moved to town. You know, like, what would you do? And let's say, like, eventually, I'd freak the fuck out. I think, well, because I think it'd be hard. The part where I guess if I'm so skeptical that I don't. I know. The thing, the thing is, like, if I had footage, you'd be like, oh, I want to see it. No, exactly. <laughs> even I would be I even be reluctant to see it, but not because I don't believe it because I'm too scared. I would be more nervous about that. I think I would. I still would leave. I get everybody out and I would start calling some experts who I'm not sure. I think see this is the thing I've been like if was, I really was so skeptical about the existence of ghosts or whatever or some paranormal thing being the the end result the greatest trick the devil ever played I guess I would call some city officials I'd be on that internet but I certainly would have left already because it was it's such a destructive and violent thing that I think I would probably mm. Yeah, check to see if there was, you know, that like Twitter account that's like mm-hmm. earthquakes near me or whatever. Um to see if there was something going on like that mm-hmm. the, if and then if it was just like oh that happened so fast we didn't even notice but it was an earthquake you know yeah. I, mean, I would call a city official i would do um this is like me playing a lot of like um doing a lot of work for myself because I, I i wouldn't be in this position because you wouldn't be left. in this position so I also would be if the situation were reversed. Yeah, what, I would. I would be kind of mad that you 
didn't like you had amassed all this evidence and then you hadn't shown me every step of the way like what was going on oh that's so, an like, interesting kind take. of dennis's fault well for letting it go so long i know that he has a lot of footage to catch up on and i don't think in my my read of that scene wasn't that like i've got about 15 minutes worth of evidence that you need to check out that mm-hmm. i've compiled over weeks i think it was more like you need to see this moment like mm-hmm. you need to see where your daughter gets lifted up by the ponytail mm-hmm. off the ground and is thrown around and the rooms like this is violent stuff. You need to like, this is not just like tricks of the camera or earthquakes yeah. or whatever else. So like, I, I still think it's that moment. And then I, I would say, and like the fact that he's trying to show her, it seems like immediately, like right when he finds it. But yes, I think what he's fine. I think what he's trying to show her is when Randy and Katie are in the bathroom and all like the furniture gets mm, tossed around. Right. Cause yeah, yeah. like I said, like that is That's happening the then. But also the point where Christy like jumps off the balcony and then just like lands on her feet. Also in the director's cut only. Oh, cool. Yes. I loved that. that was okay. A well scene. that, that would be my vote for watching the director's cut. Yeah. Then. Cause that's a cool thing. Yeah. Like she's balancing on this ledge in their loft in their loft at bedroom. Night. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like, sure, there's like the glow of like a fish tank, but pretty much in the dark. And she's balancing. She walks over to where it's a sheer drop into the mm-hmm. kitchen. You know that you know the geography of the house enough where you know exactly where she's yeah. looking down. And she just goes right off of it. And then it cuts to the camera in the kitchen. And it's like her just kind of like being like, huh? Or did she just come back up the stairs or something? Yeah, she like yeah. just runs back up the stairs. So yeah. she's fine. Clearly something weird is going on. Yeah. And that was, yeah, I thought that was like the coolest, the coolest deleted scene or whatever you want to say. Because it does add to the, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it adds to the supernatural yeah. bit. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like, but you know, if I saw that, those are the kinds of things I'd be like, what? Yeah. I, even as a viewer, I never thought about the danger of having the kid's room be the the lofted room, but then watching Mm -hmm. that, like, oh yeah, you're just climbing around this wide ledge that leads, you know, on one side is the staircase. So you're walking along this high ledge there and then it turns at a right angle. And that's the part that she jumps off of that. And that overlooks like the vaulted ceiling living room kitchen area right so like if you're yeah that that is or the number of times we've done that in like uh you know rental houses or something you know jumped off the ledge jumped off the ledge of the house no but where you might be like yeah the kids will be in the lofted room Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's just funny to think like oh yeah they could totally decide they're gonna climb on stuff and jump off um so anyway i don't know that i don't know what you would do like what would one do because as uh there was some spooky thing i was listening to recently where it's like i didn't go to the church because i don't believe in that and i'm pretty sure you have to believe for it to work and it's like Mm. you know like if this truly happened in our house you know that like just you leaving the house probably isn't gonna cut it like right there's not a ton of haunted houses where you can just leave it behind like usually it comes with you so i wouldn't even want to go to anybody else's house yeah like i think if that happened I, I'd hit the internet hard first, be okay. on Reddit forums. Um, and I think I probably would consult any, again, any experts. I'd go talk to any religious people and mm-hmm. any, um, like, 
anybody who's into the paranormal, I talked to the tarot card reader we're hiring for the party, like all these people, because at that point, my world is turned upside down. Do you know what I'm saying? Where that's, if this is real and it's happening, then all this is real too. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It doesn't, all of a sudden it's all back in play in a way that is, Mm -hmm. so I, I think that's kind of an absurd response from that person who says like, well, I don't believe it. So therefore like you have to believe in it for, for it to work. It's like, well, well no, like you have to believe in the church. Like you'd have to believe in God and right, like, like Jesus is in, the son of God. Right. Of, yeah. That can like vanquish the devil. And right. But I do think that like, it's a little obstinate in this absurd degree where if you now believe that ghosts are real and that they can, they can interact with you physically that then you wouldn't give all that stuff a second look. Do you know that you wouldn't just be I'm like, I'm not going to start believing in Jesus. That's not what I said. Real. I just, just so you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm well, you might. That's, and that's I agree. I think, so I do think that is like an obstinate point of view to say, like if that was real and if all of a sudden this desk that we're at hit the ceiling and then fell, fell down and you felt a presence and there was a white noise, you know, roaring in our ears that you wouldn't just at least hear somebody out. It doesn't mean you have to be all in. You don't have to be like, well, I mean, you know, then it's it's fine that, uh, you know, that like they that some of them think that whatever, you know, homosexuals deserve to die or something like that. You know, like that. You, well, we're that, t- talking about the we're, then you're just talking about like the religious organizations versus like the actual. Um, correct. Yeah. Which I can still not believe in either one. That's totally true. I feel like. Almost if if like that, if paranormal stuff is happening, then everything is is almost even more absurd. Like, why would I think that Jesus could help me? Oh, well, and that's it. I think that that still is. Yeah, I still think that's kind of missing the the point. I still think it, and it's only pop culture that has made us believe that like. Christianity right. can help against these things. No, but I think that what it opens the door back up to is it's like, okay, well, if you're saying that you exorcism priest can can stop this, then like let's yeah. let's I figure mean, out why. Right? That like it does go because now you have evidence for a crazy ass thing that they would very likely be interested in. You I know? would more turn to like paranormal experts than I would to And I think a that's priest. where you get. I don't really think there are I think the pop cultural exorcism priest doesn't is a myth i don't think that person really exists i don't think the, so either like the, so that, that i think you're already in and it doesn't it's more in la Llorena territory you're you're talking yeah. to you know it's far more like the santeria kind of sects of the world that mm-hmm. are actually interested in this like real battle between good and evil on earth and the existence right. of magic and all this stuff so right. like you're you're into the occult area mm-hmm. you're not into the like just knock on the door of like the lutheran church down the street and mm-hmm. see what happens pretty funny premise for a movie when you think about it yeah if you just go in there and it's just like a guy who's <laughs> I, like you know has just been he, he's sitting there like ordering some you know, tape, candle, taper, whatever. <laughs> um, and like, I'm he, sorry, what? No, yeah, I like don't, eating I don't a sandwich know. from home. And it's just like, like, it's like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. But like, I'm absolutely <laughs> not interested in that it, because like, I do think it's, it is getting into an, like an area that's, that's beyond theology. Mm-hmm. It is a, it's an area of, 
of opinion that has nothing to do with like yeah yeah any sort of like mainstream theology mm-hmm. you know so like that's, that's why, why I, you do go to the catholics because they're like more woo woo in, in their own way that's true but they but would charge it usually you. catholic priests that are in portrayed as like the exorcists um that's a good question i don't know sure. i'm sure I, I bet that is higher on the ratio list because i also think they are all <clears throat> it's kind of easier to portray because there's a little bit more um illuminati kind of new world order element mm. to them because of the pope and like mm-hmm. they almost they have their own country like yeah. that's a yeah. little different than yeah baptists or something you know mm-hmm. like i think that that's but i wonder what the kind of stats are on on what um and also because they're um you know they're married to jesus i think there's something appealing about the Mm -hmm. like um yeah their virginity everybody loves virgin (laughs) (laughs) no but like they're that's sort of like they're um what's seen as like they're um, commitments yeah. to their faith. And also the Catholic church is much more gaudy. So like, I think it probably films a little better, you know, yeah, there's a lot mm. more like bleeding Christ's on crosses and a lot of gold and ornamentation and stuff yeah. like that. But then there's more monasteries and things of that nature. So I think you get, yeah, more... just creepier in general. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it would just be interesting mm-hmm. to, See to really follow that down the rabbit hole of like, what would you actually do? Yes. And where would you turn? And what would you think would stop it? Or could you? Because that's why I think these movies are the most terrifying. And like I've said, I like I think my favorite moment in any supernatural movie is when the supposed expert, be that a priest or a you know the paranormal investigator Mm -hmm. or whatever, who's kind of like who is is introduced as the life raft. Mm is then killed or taken out or harmed by right like an amityville yeah like mm -hmm. by those you know by that spirit yeah where you're all of a sudden it's like you're just you can't save me Mm -hmm. like this whatever this thing is is more powerful than you so like yeah that's a yeah because um most of the time so like this is a different story. Paranormal activity is a different kind of thing because it is an antichrist story. This is the devil we're talking about. <sighs> um, but most of the time, like if it was a haunting, like a poltergeist situation, mm-hmm. you do kind of have to like give it what it wants. You know, like you right. have to move the furniture back to where it was. You have to, you know, you have to. Um, I would do great with that situation. <laughs> Yeah. If it's let's like it's about the house and like you just need me to solve a puzzle, yeah. let's go. Oh, I there's can... like bodies in the backyard. Let's give them a proper burial. That's right. Like I'm here. I'm here. Look, we can compromise. Me leaving the house fixes this. Done. Yeah. All set. But yeah. yeah if but... it's following you or it's attached mm-hmm. to a person. Right. Let's right or wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Always down for amends. You yeah. know. Um, That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess all we can do is hope that. If we're the victims of some paranormal activity, that it's not the devil, but just a, a poltergeist. Yes. Because we can, that's, you know, we can negotiate. Mm-hmm. We do not negotiate with the devil. That's here, right. Here. We have a, we have a policy at Mummy and Daddy. <laughs> oh, my God. Should we rate this thing? Let's rate this movie. Okay. Um... All right, how many how many bad news bears posters do oh. you give the movie 
Paranormal Activity 3, the director's cut. <laughs> Out of how many? Boy, posters, they're in a grid. I think there's only nine posters. It's a three by three <clears throat> grid. Okay, out of nine. Um, I'm going to give it eight out of nine. Woo! Because I really love the subtle way it ties everything together in mm-hmm. this. Because when you think about it, the first movie is very simple. Yes. And the second and third just build so well on like the history there, like yep. what's going on, the timeline. I love how this movie like starts with a flash of with the actual present time of Katie, you know, bringing the box of stuff over from their grandparents house. Like it's and then the whole this whole movie, you're kind of only focused on their house until the very, very end. And you're like, oh, my God, this is all part of this. Yes. This thing, you know, it brings it back into this world and it fits together so nicely. Like a and I love the brutal ending. I love how um, Dennis is a just a chiropractic injury uh <laughs> death that's horrifying um i love i love julie being like thrown down the stairs yeah at him that's so cool it is um i and i love the witches it's so subtle it's not like they're not all naked they're not all you know like it's yeah can, it's just they're hanging creepy. out in the garage they're just in the garage and they just turn around and they're not they're just normal people mm-hmm. but they're definitely witches yes and it's so creepy yes i love that and i love um the whole you know as we've said the whole setup of the new construction house and it being so real i can't think of another scary movie that does that where it's not set dressed it's just a normal house yep and i think the found footage it's kind of the perfect found footage aside from blair witch um yeah, Which I haven't like truly, rewatched Blair Witch in so long. Truly terrifying. Yeah, a friend yeah. of ours just saw it for the first time and was like, "Why didn't anybody tell me this was good?" And like everybody was saying it was good at the yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. And it was. I mean, it was amazing. I would love to rewatch it. That Oof, would be a fun. So I would scary. go. I go see that again in the theater. That's yes. the only time I've ever seen it. it was when it came out. Oh, I've movies. seen it since then. But okay. yeah, it's. Bleh. Yeah, I yeah, that's cool. What? Do you, how many? Bad News Bears movie posters do you give this movie, John? I'm going to give it 7 out of 9. I don't know why I'm knocking it now. I really appreciated everything you said about it. But you also said it didn't scare you. Yeah, I think that's why. So, on, a, on a rewatch. And and that is the mark of a a movie that you, that you really do resonate with is like, even though you know, mm-hmm. it's still scary. Yeah, and I did feel like also my chronology with these movies if you didn't listen to our episode about paranormal activity two i saw one three then two so i also will say this what i love about this movie is it's reward you're definitely this whole franchise you're rewarded if you watch them in order because there are those things that you'll you know you'll pick up um however they each do they are standalone there's nothing about the reveal yeah yeah that this is a coven that didn't make me that I didn't understand when I watched it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't even think I was thinking about it being the same family when I watched it. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I thought, Mm -hmm. I think I was just thinking about like, this is a new story, new people. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. But point is, I didn't, I had no negative associate, you know, with like, yeah. oh, I guess I'm watching the third one now. You know, it was just like, yeah, it was scary. The jump scares are good. I do feel like there's, um, yeah, it started to feel a little bit like kind of paint by numbers where like, oh, they could just crank these out every six months if they felt like it because they figured out what to do. And as much as I love the oscillating fan bit, like we talked about, I'm also like, that's all that would happen is like subsequent movies would just be like, there's some other way we can introduce new camera angles to mm-hmm. reveal these sort of jump scare moments a little bit differently, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that would have diminishing returns for me, but I think that it was a really, it, it's really good. I think it's really well acted. I think there's, um, and also I think I, I would knock this one a little bit because I, I did think the, the setup for all the camera stuff was a little flimsier than previous installments where the idea that he's constantly lugging around a 1988 videographer's camera, which must weigh 50 pounds, you know, I'm I'm sure it's like a big rig, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a little, he's a wedding videographer. He's he's got the, he's got the shoulders for it, you know, it's not anybody else doing it. I know, but there are points where he's running with the camera. It's fine. It's, I'm not trying to overthink it, but it did sort of feel like, Okay, the third, you know, like when do they go to? When is it like an underwater camera? Like how how many paranormal activities away are you from? You know, just like well, something where it's and I don't, I will never know. I don't think I'm going to watch a no. four through eight anytime soon. But I, um, anyway, super enjoyable. I think they're really fun. Also, not gory. So if you haven't watched this and you don't mind that we've just spoiled the entire movie, and you want something that's just kind of spooky, this is fucking spooky mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. it really does fit the season but especially if you're like i'm not into gore there's next to no blood in this movie that's true and um it is yeah far more environmental than it is personal mm-hmm. and anyway yeah it's, it's a really i think that's a really cool and like a and a really like job well done to be able to succeed without extreme gore as much as i love extreme gore personally um, speaking of gore, and now I know you don't approve mm. of Ouija boards, but um, did you ever do Bloody Mary as a child? I never did Bloody Mary. Of course not. Would have been too scared to ever touch that. Wow, it's so interesting. Never. Are you kidding me? I, yeah, I mean, we've talked about, <laughs> I think this is where like my own uh religiosity would have gotten that's what i'm saying i was thinking of this because you were an atheist at like six years old which is wild so like yeah like i i would have been too afraid that i was too imaginative of a kid to like even though again like i'm sure on a line like did the did the like the Episcopal Church believe, say, for instance, in like the existence of a of a devil? I don't think so. No, not really. And like that, but did I? Fucking yes, because it scared the shit out of me. You know, and so that's why it was it was like to me, I thought that 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 was the like, why on earth would you ever do something that that could that could like fuck you up? eternally right why right. would you ever dare so right. not a chance not a chance no yeah 
Yes. So to be very clear, I was raised Catholic. I did have a break with faith when I was very young, but it didn't mean I was an atheist. It's not like I threw... I really was just like, I'm not part of this situation. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I I was like, there's no God, you know, but I definitely didn't believe in hell at all. Right. And then I you, tried to so hard. You were raised Episcopalian yes. and like actively your, your family is still is. So yeah. And, and which did is not just believe a, in hell either. Like mm-hmm. the family, you know, but I'm saying but I did. Right, you know? right. Like I put all that stuff on myself. Yeah. And I think it's just such a thing that kids do, you know, mm-hmm. of like, I don't know. There's like, it's an alluring concept, you know, it's it also something you're probably just thinking about the concept of eternity, the concept of, you know, your finite existence. And then, yeah. you know, so it's a also good and bad behavior. Right. Right. Sin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's so interesting that even though your family didn't believe in that and you weren't having to do like confession, nope. which I did, like that you were then just doing all the work yourself. And you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I'll threaten myself with hell. Yeah. Um, my mind can wander. Not only did I do Bloody Mary, but we did Bloody Mary in the church basement. That's like, what I'm talking about. That's And that. it was so scary. <laughs> It was awesome. Did it work? I will never forget. I mean, in our minds, it worked. Like, I don't think anything actually appeared, but it was the because um, we're in the church basement. It's a it's a dank situation down there. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> it's a very dusty and dark place. Anyway, it's the like, undercroft. Yeah, as they it's like where we it. ate lunch, though. Like, it was a functioning space, mm-hmm. and then in the back of the room. Um, this massive room were the bathrooms and you had to like go up some stairs to go to the bathrooms. And um, when we turned the lights off in the bathroom, the red exit sign was shining. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. It was great. Yes. Terrifying. Um, So interesting. Mm. Mm. Well, Mm -hmm. let's read these children. Yes. How many loose teeth? Oh, of course you did. <laughs> okay. Which, like, what a gift they had there. Because clearly this child's tooth just happened to be loose while they were filming. Correct. Yeah, was, and that looks so real. It's the opening of the movie. It is so gross if you don't like teeth like me. Um, and it's coming out. Yes. Um, how many loose teeth out of 26? I give them 26 out of 26. Oh, me too. Because they were so good. I played that little trouble clip. I thought that, I forget, is Katie the youngest Christy. one? Christy. Christy in particular. But they had a great sister dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm This apparently was also cut from the theatrical version if you watched it. But they play Bloody Mary twice. They do. In the director's cut. Mm. In the theatrical, it is only Randy and Katie. Who right. play. Okay. But this. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Christy, I said three times, not I love that so much. It is so freaking cute. And I have to imagine that's improvised. I think they might have really been doing some work. If so, like, yeah. Katie, like both 
honestly, if it's not, it seems so natural that like you jump on your sister for like fucking this thing up when you're you're trying to see a ghost you're like i said three times you know it's not like you only said it twice it's like you went too far is so great it's like these weird arbitrary rules that kids put up for each other but she also immediately knew she did you know i don't know everything about that was really good if that was written kudos if that was not even better but so yeah no i thought they were just great um and i think really sold it and good work by christy talking to the this is a i know that's kids in real life especially in the 80s it would be very common to have alliterative kid names but not something you're supposed to do in screenwriting right um, yeah but yeah the but anyway that it's a, such a stupid thing i think like just name characters what you want to name them if you're if the well, reader's getting reason. so confused that they don't know who's who then you're doing a bad job of writing in my Fair. opinion okay yeah, yeah yeah that's fine uh but yeah christy i assume i, I can't help that i still cannot put a finger on this but the young one, but she was also great with the Toby stuff. Mm-hmm. How, what do you give them? Oh, 26 out of 26. Absolutely. She is Keep so... Keep all your teeth. <laughs> she is so young. Mm-hmm. And all of the scenes that she is in, she has a lot of work to do to make it believable. Yes. Not at all scripted. And... She nails it. Yeah. She and so does Katie. Yeah. Yeah. No shade to Katie because her. Yeah. You were yeah. talking about their Bloody Mary, the Randy Katie Bloody Mary scene. Oh, earlier. my God. She's incredible in it. Yeah. It's just that Christy is so young. Yes. And I've, you know, working with kids is so difficult. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were able to make her do all these things, be scared, be, you know, um, cagey about giving information Mm -hmm. be sleepy yeah it's all i mean she it was incredible Mm -hmm. she's i think one of the best kids that we've seen on the show i think you might be right i would i almost want to make like a um listicle here yeah little listicle of the best kids yeah um i'm gonna work on that i'd love to see I, i didn't look for like interview footage with any filmmakers about working with them but i have to imagine those exist and anyway i would love to know sort of what their experience was or if there's more information about how they yeah kind of constructed some of these scenes but like they were they're very good i think like the weakest stuff is probably like the number of times they have to go back to the like what are you doing up go to sleep but like mm-hmm. they do a pretty good job there too I, mm-hmm. you know i just and i think that is tough to tough to fake it's like it's like the kid version of having to play drunk yeah. you know it's like tough to do well and I think they do a pretty excellent job. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, going downstairs in the middle of the night as a kid. Mm-hmm. Never. Never would I do that. I don't no. think I would either. It was not something. If I did, I turned all the lights on. So 100%. I think part of it, like even there's a scene where the mom like goes down and like has some leftovers. Dude, like. Just wait till the morning. <laughs> Who's eating at night? What are you doing? Besides that one of the first times you ever met Uncle Caleb. That's right. He was like three and was, and he had woken up. It would have been like 10 o'clock at night while we were (laughs) visiting with my dad. And he came downstairs and my dad gave him a gigantic bowl of ice cream. I was like, what madness is this? 
what family have I just? <laughs> it's just like into a, you need a little a great and, family. But then he did. He just ate his giant bowl of ice cream and went back to sleep. Um, <laughs> oh, I love oh, it. I wish I could find this. Um, there was some meme I saw that was like, "Oh, I got." you know, I got, um, caught by the light monster <laughs> basically like, like as in a, something about like as an adult that I, if I can find it, I'll share it on our page. But, um, where I was like, I kind of thought I was alone in this, but like, I always had to have lights on. If I ever had to turn a light off and then run upstairs, I Ugh. would be sprinting Same. The fuck up the stairs. Same. Um, so yes, certainly going down to, um, if I was going down to get something in the night or in the basement at any time. Oh God. All the lights were on. All uh, of the lights. Do not go downstairs in the middle of the night for any reason. But also don't be a creep. Get in touch. Email us at mummyxdeady at gmail.com. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at mummyxdeadypod. Visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeady.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, tell a buddy. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Daryl Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding will gladly let you store boxes of childhood crap in her basement. Bye. Bye. Ready. This is great stuff. I, I can't use any of this, but it's great. <laughs>